The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So what are we drinking today? It's Friday. Yay, it's Friday. It's Femdom Friday. It is Femdom Friday. You got Femdomified. I did get Femdomed, but the way you celebrate that is you have a perfect martini. You do. It's an 8 to 1 ratio of Tangeray Gin to Golden Vermouth. Ugh. About 12 drops of orange bitters. Yeah. Stirred slowly a hundred times over <laughs> ice. You don't bruise the gin. Yeah. And then you strain it into a glass, pull a slice of orange peel off an orange, a fresh orange. Yes. A mottled French orange. Yes. That's filled with oil. You mm. squeeze the oil over the glass. And then you cut them in half and twirl them up and drop them in, and you've got a perfect martini. Well done. Let's yeah. See. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Wow, that has a great fragrance. It's lovely. That heirloom orange really makes a difference. That's perfect. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at Slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder dot app. Okay, so this chapter is called Prince Alexi and Felix. And the chapter begins with the princess sort of waking up in the middle of the night in Mm -hmm. bed and sneaking out of the room because the door was cracked ajar. The chapter before this, she realizes that Prince Alexei has been penetrated with every orifice and has been bound and left on this big old Mesopotamian statue of some kind or something, you know, war statue. Right. And so that's her thought as she goes to bed. So when she goes to bed, he's got uh, the statue's cock up his ass and uh, another dildo down his throat. And he's bound to the statue painfully. With a hard on. Yeah, with his erection. And so she wakes up in the night thinking about him and she sneaks out into the corridor and she spies him. And of course, he's still bound up and he still has an erection. But this time, 
the Squire Felix is there, and he's busy slapping the cock and talking to Alexi. And tormenting him. Tormenting him. And she thinks and, so ill of him. Yeah, she's really not happy. She hoped saying. that she could find him alone. Yeah. Because she wanted to not well, this cock. We don't know that yet. But we don't did. know that yet, but then... But then Squire Felix goes down on Alexi and starts giving Holy, him like a deep throat blowjob. Big time blowjob. Big time blowjob. And job. she's like, now she's jealous. Now she is. Yeah, she's jealous. She definitely is watching what has happened. And he brings Alexi to climax. He actually yep. causes Alexi to come in his mouth. Right. And then he... Slaps. Recoils into the shadows. Yeah, but then he comes back and slaps his penis. Well, again, later, it's flaccid. but it's flaccid now, and Alexi is asleep. spent. He's yeah. asleep. Yeah, which is I don't know. Can you sleep with a cock up your ass and down your throat? <laughs> and he just came. That's a great question. Unless he's just exhausted. Probably right? just exhausted. Yeah. And you know, the Squire Felix seems irritated that he's asleep. Yeah. Now. But anyway, so she sneaks back into the room, but on her way in, she notices the Grey Lord watching her. Yes, he was standing in the shadows watching her. Yeah, so she's like a little freaked out about that. But she crawls into bed and wants to touch herself because she's just watched her sweet Alexi get a blowjob. Mm-hmm. And she won't touch herself, but she goes to sleep. And that's the end of the chapter. It's a very short chapter. Yeah, it's actually the shortest chapter. But it's interesting because like you stopped in the middle of reading and said, oh my God, the author has this homosexual homosexual fetish fetish going on there. Yeah, because this is the third or fourth. And I would say she wrote this book for what she wanted in erotica for women. Mm -hmm. So these are things she's either thought about or thought about other women desiring or wanting. And then she's creating that scenario. I guess I would say this, homosexual domination, if you will, whether however it's done, there's something that's intriguing about that. And it has nothing to do with the woman to woman or male to male. It's not that. It's a power thing. Yeah. There's something, and I felt the same way at times, but there's something like watching a male dominate another male. There's... that must be a primal thing. I don't even think of it in a a homosexual context. I think of it much more in a dominant context. Now, granted, Felix is just a squire. It's not like he's the king, but we also watched how the prince dominated Prince Alexei and made him suck his cock. And fucked him. Right, and fucked him. So there's, it's not the act that is like so sexualized for me. It's the domination well we recently interviewed a dominant sadist and he had begun taking on dominating men Uh he said one mouth is just like another right he he had sort of he didn't equate it to being homosexual well just equated and i can't remember was he non-binary well he wasn't up until that point he he was he was completely binary oh yeah and, and he was completely male and completely heterosexual right but then he started dominating men and discovered putting your cock in a man's throat isn't it's Any not different. quite the same thing as being homosexual it's a power thing well and right? that's what i thought yeah yeah now the princess doesn't realize that she just is horrified by like what it is in in itself but i think of it as a dominant and i think why does that turn me on like you know fantasies of like me dominating you and forcing you to do something probably not i mean it's all based on agreement so it wouldn't be against your will but but with a caveat, like here, you're going to fuck this person's throat. And sometimes it changes from female to male, right? And I'm going to fuck your ass, but you're not allowed to come. 
you know, or whatever. Right, just being used. It's just being used and it's so power oriented. And it's not like I need that. It's just a, it's a fantasy mm. in the sense that it comes up from time to time. And I think it's because in that fantasy for me, I'm the, dr- um, but I, it turns me on because it feels like my actions drive you into another action. It's like a, it's like a cause and effect train. Mm. It's like my actions lead you to desire to then your cock then drives into somebody wherever orifice I'm choosing. Right. And then vicariously they're getting some kind of pleasure, but they're not allowed. You know what I mean? There's a control thing there. I don't know why that, why is that? But, but yeah, I think attractive. I, I don't know, know why it's attractive, but I do think, that that's different than what we're seeing here. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, but I I'm, think, but I do think there's with Squire Felix, he has a little bit of positional power, and he's using it. He definitely is, and also <laughs> Alexi's tied up and he can't move, and so. But Alexi's not taken, going to be going to tell him no. No, he's been taken advantage of. He can't really tell him no because he's got a cock down his throat and a cock up his ass, and he basically is there he's a in direction. He's a he's a sex slave. And so, again, I want to just point out that this is not an instruction manual on how to no. be dominant, right? No. But we're trying to, like, talk about what is present in the book. And there are a couple of things happening. You know, there's the experience that the princess is having getting related to herself as a sex slave. And she sort of is coming to terms with it in different ways. And in this chapter, she comes to terms with it by sneaking out, watching, and then sneaking back to bed. And not actually escaping or trying to escape the way that she right, she intended. realizes she could have escaped, or she she might have been able to try to right. But like, where's she going to go? You know, she's in a, in the middle of a castle. She doesn't know where she is in a forest that she doesn't know where it is, and she doesn't really have any resources. So it's not like she can really escape. But I don't know. <laughs> Let's go back to any times in history where women were being forced into yeah. something she might have i she think she's have. a willing participant at some level but she's becoming willing i think yes. that's that's what's happening and she's gradually growing into her slavery right and one of the aspects of that is wanting to have something with prince alexi but also not being able to act on that right isn't yeah. that interesting too she's has this mystique mystery about the prince himself and she loves the pleasure when he gives her pleasure. She loves the pleasure of it. And she loves the fact, I think it's because it's an age thing. She loves the need for her to be obedient. There's something in her driving her that way. Right. Yeah. But I don't hear her yet. At least I love the prince. Like I'm in love. It's just she's tolerating what's happening because that's what her life is right now. She's also a kid, you know, she's 15. But like she is like, well, she was, she went to sleep at 15. She's 17 now, I think. She is looking at Prince Alexi as something. I get this at a, such a level because as a demisexual, I told you, I don't see people and are attractive. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So she actually saw Alexi at some point, watched him physically, and then also watched the way he moved in the world that she was kind of, let's just say, trapped within and is in desire of Prince Alexi just sheerly by... Well, he smiled at her. He kissed her thigh. That, she, she's well, a child. What, she has she has a child's view of relationship, right? This right. is a, this is an immature person thrown into a into sex slavery, and Prince Alexi is the closest thing she has to a companion. That's what right? I mean a companion, a compadre, compadre who right. knows what she's doing. You know, it occurs to me that 
we have to read this book from the frame that the author gave us, which is she's writing erotica that goes beyond the common trash erotica that most women read, and vanilla women read, like the, the beach vacation sort of read, right? Right. So she's writing erotica that goes deeper than that into the sexuality. But her way of relating to the, the sexuality is it's living in the space of extreme kink. It doesn't actually involve kink at all. It's not like negotiation. It's not like consent. It's not like exploration. It's it's just like it's sadomasochism slavery. and slavery. That's what yeah, it yeah. is. I guess what I say is when I've read, and I can't read them. I tried once. Yeah. I thought, oh, they always say at the beach when you're at a resort, yeah, you should you read, read the, trash the trash novel. Right, exactly. And yes, the trash novel is always romance and sensuality. Yes. And, and it's Fabio. It's like from here to eternity, you're yeah. on the sand and the waves are ripping over right, and exactly. you're kissing. Okay. Yeah. And granted, I definitely plan to have that with you at some point. <laughs> but you're reading it, and it's a lot of floral, explorative language used well, to, designed des- to, to describe you. what's happening in things that often are things that really could happen. I'll just say, most of the trashy novels are things like you meet a guy at the airport and take could him happen. back to your, right? But what is different about this one is it goes from zero to 60 really quick. Yeah. And there's none of the... There's, there's parts no, there's no that seduction. true kinksters partake in on the path. So it's a miss, I would say, in some ways, because I, so I get it's a fantasy. It's not a structure, man. I get that. But it's a miss in the sense when you talk about what really happens before people embark on these extreme things. Now, granted, it's under the guise of Sleeping Beauty. It's a complete fantasy. It's it's absolutely not. It's a fairy but tale. where it, even as a kinkster, as a fairy tale, I get turned is... Before I was actually into the kink community, where yeah. I was on the fringes exploring as a vanilla, this was titillating for me to read. And I didn't even consider things like consent or anything, right, right. which is interesting for me to bring forth because I think a lot of people come to FetLife or join kink communities and think it's this fantasy right so make, i do think people think yeah, it's yeah. this fantasy well mako described it best when he said he wrote his first novel as an instruction manual for his penis this yeah. is actually the instruction manual for her vagina this is actually the what she thinks about when she masturbates so so that's that's what's actually perfect about it i yeah. think that's a better place to put this yeah. as we speak forward on it yeah. is that this is, these are thoughts that have occurred to her over time there are thoughts that she has in a fantasy mode, we all know fantasy, come on. Right. Fantasy often stays in fantasy because in reality, it will never happen. Mm-hmm. And in reality, you can't control if you have multiple people involved. Right. Right? So fantasy is better. Fantasy yeah. happens the way you want it to happen. Exactly. And so if you were smart and going to go after this author, you would read these books and know ways to interact with her in a way that would turn her on <laughs> right? True, right so this brings me to a point this might be the wave of the future i think people might actually write a fantasy for one another as partners oh. because i think it reveals a lot and you have to be in a safe place because if you're not fully authentic with your partner yeah. you're going to write what you think they want to hear yes. but i mean if you're authentic where i think we are if you write your fantasies out it's not a judgment that you're not already doing that because no. that's not what fantasies are 
but it gives you some circumspect to where the person lives in what they're thinking of and turn-ons for them. And that allows you to orchestrate something the similar or yeah. near or parts of. And can you imagine, I mean, let's just think as loving partners. I mean, I get off on providing pleasure and eroticism and seduction and arousal to my partner, obviously by who I am, but also by the circumstance I create, right? Yeah. Talk about power. That That's is true. like an ultimate like high. Yeah, we talked to a psychotherapist, I think, or maybe a counselor who was speaking about sharing fantasies with your partner. Yes. And I remember I remember having that conversation with her. And, and after we talked to her, you and I did that for a while. We actually shared fantasies with each other. Well, and I think and even your writing, you write things and I read it and I'll ask you questions. I'll say, oh, what was this? And we determined recently because you recently wrote a writing that was about your transition in your arousal state as you over decades, right? Yeah, so what I said was there's it was three phases, right? So right. It was first exploring my fantasies yes. and kink. Then it became exploring my desires in kink. Mm -hmm. And now it lives in the world of exploring my arousal in kink. Yeah. Right. So it was a transitional experience. And I think what you're going to speak to is I specifically mentioned something called a little, but actually what I meant to say was I'm interested in more age play than being a little. That, exactly. Yeah. And and it wasn't a critique for me. It was more an inquiry because I know in your writings before you had talked about interact, the people that you had interacted with in pre me in your exploration, yeah. one of them kept being littles. And I kept saying, interesting, tell me more. And you yeah. couldn't really tell me. Well, you know, what's what, what, and lately we've been talking about it more because we just read Mako's book. Yes. And I said, okay, no judgment. I'm asking. Right. Are you into the little? And I started to say different behaviors of a little, right. just typical behaviors. Nothing, nothing, nothing to pin you down, but right. just to say, is this? And you kept saying, well, no, no, it's not that. And I said, so what is it really? Because yeah. it's not. It doesn't sound like it's little, right? And then you go, no, I think it's more age plan. I go, bingo, right? With with no harm, no foul. It's it's just that that does seem to be a thing. Yeah. So the point I think the point that you're trying to make is that. This writing lives in the world of her fantasy, and maybe there's a way to take this construct into relationship where you write and create fantasies for each other to explore. I think so. And I think, can you imagine how powerful that would maybe, be? Maybe, yeah. And I think, let's go back to, I think the Kink Academy that Michael DeCrow was speaking to is interesting because this is a place where we can actually, like, where I feel like I'm at is I feel like I'm at a point where I could definitely work in a professional mode and educating professionals because right. I actually live this for five years as, as a, a life. As a lifestyle. Okay. Exactly. So this yeah. isn't just small pine potatoes. I have like real context. I mean, people ask me all the time, are you really wearing a butt plug? Okay. Yeah. And I don't make a big deal out of it because it's just what I do now. Right. In the early phases, people, you know, because these people are curious, like, I don't understand how you wear this. And I like, because... When I'm apart, I feel him close, and that's just what happens. It's our thing, okay. Anyway, but people are like, we are. I get, I keep getting questions about it because yeah. there's five years of butt plug photos for me, right? And I haven't even uploaded them all because I'm behind, yeah. right? However, I think because I definitely came from a vanilla world 
into exploring kink, although I was doing kinky things I didn't know I was. So my context was vanilla. I think I have a lot of connection with vanillas helping them make a transition into kink Mm. in a way that is the same language they can get in a vanilla language. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for communication between partners around sexuality. And because sex is one of those button issues, like money is a button issue, sex is a button issue, people hide their sexuality from their partners, like their true, authentic sexual desires from the partner. And sometimes they don't even know them themselves. Well, they do because when they're fucking their partner, they're thinking about what they're thinking You're right, but sometimes they don't want to admit it's exactly. in their subconscious. Yeah. So I think this presents an opportunity. I think I could definitely be in a space where I could give perspective to people sure. on how to approach it mm. because I did it in a vacuum. Yeah. My point is that I think that there's an opportunity to read this book from a place of getting that maybe it inspires us to our own fantasy sharing with a partner. I think it does this for sure. You know, because she jumps really quickly. She so she jumps right into all of a sudden Felix is sucking his cock. Right. And then you're, as a reader, hit with that. And how do I deal with that? Right. And I do think what's great about it is it makes you confront, because you're reading it alone. Right. You're right. not re- probably reading it aloud to your partner. Right, exactly. And so, however, that might be an I idea. would say that might be an actually great idea to yeah. do. However, you're probably reading alone like I was. Yeah. And then you just consider for yourself like what would i do if i was the princess in that situation seeing a guy i desired i'm a little different bird than most people but but i can say that to myself like i desired that person right how would i feel right and the considerations that come up are interesting because i think that drives your next steps yeah i think this chapter as short as it is has actually prompted a really interesting conversation Oh, yeah. Which is that, to summarize, that you should interact with your partner around your sexual fantasies. I I definitely think so. Yeah. I know that that's uncomfortable for people. It'll make a conversation. Start small. Yeah, maybe. Start small. Maybe. And build. Maybe, but it'll create a conversation and it'll maybe enhance your sex life. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers!